Hello, pod friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. That is the first and potentially the last time I'll ever call you pod friends rather than the usual guys, so don't even know why I said that, but it felt right today, so why not? This week I'm once again joined by Dan, um, he was the guest last week, he's a good friend of mine. Um, last week we spoke about movies solidly for I think about an hour and 20 minutes, um, and then this week, um, basically it was the same conversation, I just split it in two, I've released it as two separate episodes, because this episode is, they're not continuations of each other, they're not mutually exclusive. Um, in this one we talk about a bit of Dan's work at best of all as a cameraman um, and some of his university work and why he kind of decided to get into that line of work um, we then talk about movies a bit as well um, well I think at some point we talk about movies again for a bit we talk about horror movies and the best kind of amount of people to watch certain films with um, and then the rest of the chat is almost exclusively about music so just generally about sort of defining music genres when bands sell out how bands make it big um, and then right at the end the last 10 minutes or so uh, me and Dan give three movie recommendations um, I've included them in the description just because if you hear us say them and we do have conversations in between saying the recommendations so if you anything we talk about does sound appealing check out in the episode description or the show notes wherever you're listening and we've got lists of um, the bands and uh, albums that we suggest now as you may be able to hear partially in the background because for once there is a smaller ambience because I have a window open and normally I'm recording intros and outros on a Sunday evening, normally quite close to midnight, I'm normally absolutely knackered um, but it's actually Sunday morning uh, it's a beautiful day, um, in England it's a bank holiday weekend which means we're not working most people aren't going to work tomorrow on Monday, um, so I'm having a barbecue uh, the barbecue is starting in a couple of hours um, from me recording this very intro um, so as I'm going to be drinking and eating quite a lot in the afternoon I think it's probably best for me to sort all this stuff out before my eyes go blurry and it means I can just eat enough to get myself into a food coma and then pass out. Anyway, enough about what I'm doing. Um, at the moment, I'll probably do a little rambly outro-y thing where I talk a little bit more about that because I'm sure a lot of, these, a lot of the people who have uh, tuned in probably don't want to hear about my personal life and don't really care that much. Um, and if there's any new listeners, hello. Uh, this intro is longer than it usually is, normally about two minutes long, so sorry about that. Um, before we get started, there's a quick promo from the Comedy Geek podcast. Now, I've played their promos before. They're part of the Brit pod scene, um, which is what Genuine Chit Chat is a part of, as well as quite a few other guests I've had on the show and other promos I've played, including Frank of the Ragbag podcast podcast and um the girls at witch murderer so you know check out brit pod scene if you want loads of great uh, podcasts of wide variety of genres and i've included a link to the comedy geek podcasts website in the description so if the promo sounds good to you then go check them out anyway that's just about it for me for now guys um yeah after the chat i'll be back at the end to talk about what's coming up in the coming weeks and probably do a little rambly thing and that'll be about it so you know as always guys i really appreciate each and every one of you listening like like subscribe share all that usual jazz i love each and every one of you and i'll talk to all of you at the end oh, oh my eye my trousers fell oh, down again really hurt oh good god jamie 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 I am on the edge of my seat. I just love meeting up with random people and having a good duck. Quack. Stop that. Quack, quack. A whole room dedicated to Nigel Farage. Whew. Oh, wow. I'm such a big fan of his. Bam! <laughs> Out of nowhere! <laughs> a meal to break our fast. Hang on. Did you say two for one? Uh, no, no, I gotcha. I completely understand. I'm trying to see the bad points, but I, I just can't think of any. I do one. Water. Ah! This is starting to get really embarrassing, to be honest. The Comedy Geek Sketch Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, 
Spotify, Podbean, Radio Public, and most half-decent podcatchers. Who writes this crap? Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Bam! You did you did filming at Best of All. How was that? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Was, there we go. Throw that in the deep end. It was great. Yeah, loved it. it so, was a good, how, how very you, good experience. So, how did you get into that? Because obviously, at university, what are you studying specifically at university? Film production. Okay. So. Let's ask about that. What made you want to do film production? Clearly, you're not that into films. So what? <laughs> yeah. What, what What made you want to do film production? And then also, how did you get into uh, doing camera work for Best of All? Um, I think I've yeah, I've always been quite creative. I've never really in school and stuff. It was just like I was never a huge fan of like maths or science or certain things like that. So it, I was more a fan of like like English and just just being creative and like just you know, having, having sort of no limits as to like, you know, doing whatever. And I was just like, um, I don't know, but I think with, yeah, with film production, I just remember in GCSE, just like picking film studies. And then just from there, I was like, no, I, I really, no, I, I quite like this. And then doing it in college. And then when it came to like going to uni, cause I thought like, yeah, I wanted to do uni. I was, I'll, I'll give it a go. And then of, yeah, of all the things, you know, it's 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 much better to pick something that you'll enjoy and at least give it a go, as opposed to sort of something that you're not going to like and then you you know you could spend your life like regretting it because like you know no matter what I do after uni, like, I'm not going to regret um, like doing film production because it's you no know, it's something I immensely enjoy, probably will enjoy all my life because you know, it's great. So yeah, I just picked I picked film production because it was very technical as well as um, yeah, the whole sort of it doesn't have it didn't have too much theory because like that's that's where I came from going into it like quite a theoretical background more more so than like a, a practical background of like you know setting up cameras and whatnot. So yeah, but by choosing yeah the film production, I could put both those elements together. And yeah, it's, it's great for me cause just being around people who liked films and wanted to do all that, and then being on the course and stuff. It it's mainly fiction work, but then you know, just general uni stuff, you just go around and then um, I found I I like doing broadcast stuff, filming. And then... Does that mean like a more live? Is that more airing on yeah, the live side? Okay. Yeah, like live stuff. And then, yeah, the the, the uni offered um, offers work experience to work at festivals and... So you I, get the festival for free or you look at like... Yeah. Uh, and you, you have to just, film for like several hours but you get the rest of the day there for free or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, how best will work is... Um, so filming for the main stage, we just we rocked up a couple of days before and went through everything, set everything up, and then yeah, it was just like working in shifts. You'd be on one certain location, just like filming the acts, because then that that video feed would go on to the these two big side screens. Um, that you know, you, you know, like when you're at a festival, like you can people you can see wherever it is on the screen yeah. and stuff. Like for people who are far away or not at the front, and yeah, that was that was really good because yeah, like I. Big fan of music as well. Big fan of film, and you know what a great combo. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so how does that like? Um, before you did best of all, what did did you have much? I assume you had a bit of experience behind the camera, sort of thing. Yeah. So what? Um, with with like live stuff because obviously I well, I don't know if you know this about me, but when I was in college, 
um, me and Reese did a YouTube thing for a while, like about a year. Um, yeah, I think so. it's terrible and hilarious. People can't <laughs> find it online because Reese has hidden it all from um, from the public. Which for a while I was like, "Why'd you do that?" And then I watched it again. I'm like, "Oh no, yeah, that's not now and they're horrendous." But um, after that, that kind of died down a bit. I was making, I made music videos for a media project competition thing um, for a band Six AM, and I love them. And I actually made. Wait, is that the Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the, the bassist of Motley Crue, Nicky Six, yeah. him as well as the ex-guitarist of Guns N' Roses, not Slash, uh, DJ Ashba. Um, oh, man. And the singer, James Michael, he's written songs for Papa Roach. He co-wrote oh, the last two which, Motley Crue. The, la- the <laughs> most recent few, not the most recent album, but there was two or three albums he, wrote, he co-wrote with them, but one of the albums he co-wrote how, with them, oh, I, I can't understand third that. most recent how can one. A, how can a, like a band like that, how can they need a co-writer? He's a mate of theirs. And he's oh. he's 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 a producer, and he helps. Like he's written songs for Kelly Clarkson, Scorpions. Yeah, I understand that, like um, Kelly Clarkson, because like that that's that's not like this. That's it's you know like with pop singers and like all that. Like yeah, they'll have like a team of writers and whatnot yeah. because you know that like that's just. But like if you're in a there's there's some sort of in, I, I feel I feel 94. like there's I feel like it's like a, you know no sort of integrity there. Like if you're in a band, you know, because you start out like you know it's it's us. We're not going to have any hair. Well, that's a, yeah, no, but it's Papa Roach. Why, why am I getting mad about Papa Roach? Really? <laughs> well, you are also in a band. Or are you, were you in a band? Like, I'd, I've done band stuff, but uni, dabbled. like, yeah, um, I'd, I'd sort of stopped because I knew, you know, I'd, I'd sort of, I thought I'd focus on the filming and the uni thing. I couldn't, because I know I couldn't really commit outside of trying to, like, get as much work experience as possible filming and doing all that and then being like, yeah, I'm going to rock up to a band practice twice a week and then I'll just you know, fuck off the landing <laughs> and, and play it, so, again, which is great, but I can't. Just I knew juggling. I feasibly could not. Yeah. yeah the yeah. most recent thing I did was like a, a year ago and then now they're, they're doing quite well for themselves, which is good for them. That's that's all I wanted. Yeah. And that's why I was like, you know, I didn't, you, I didn't, I didn't fall on the sword, but I was like, I just knew I was like, look, <laughs> you know, because you're not going to, you're not going to like, you know, set your schedule around me who can be available like every now and then. Mm. You guys, if you want to make it like fucking keep well, like- that's what Reese was like because obviously you and Reese are both drummers and mm. it's like Reese was like that kind of with uh, Callum's band placeholder and it's like it was at the time it was deciphering Reese was like this takes a lot of commitment a lot of money a lot of time I don't have all of that that you need so you know and now that he's out not that Reese is the cause but like for them to find the people who are willing to commit because with it's with different medias that you go into like for example me podcasting this it takes a lot of commitment but this is more a uh, weekly grind so like I have to post on social media uh, I, I try to do it every day but I don't because I I fucking hate it to be honest with you I really can't like posting on social media mainly because you know 30 hashtags on Instagram to maximise people watching it and writing out the hashtags every Sunday night before I, like, I write out the episode description I release an episode but I, I can't stand having to put myself out there because I just in it's a twatty mindset but I feel like I'm good enough and my content's good enough so people who are listening should love this and share it with everyone they've ever yeah. met and people should all know that I'm just amazing better than every other podcaster which I don't feel that way about myself at all but obviously I have to market it yeah. and with being in a band it's like well I don't have to practice doing podcasting, but I have to release episodes consistently. I have to edit the episodes. Yeah, I have otherwise to release it's just going to exactly. fall off. Yeah, and being You've in a band, keep it going. 100%. But being in a band is a bit more sporadic. Being in a band is, yeah, you have to do practice once a week or whatever, but gigs come up and then normally the best gigs are at the least sociable hours. Whereas me, I'm on the opposite. I never, I've only done one podcast on a Friday. Like, and that was over, that was on Skype with someone from America because in real life, like with you, if you said, I can only do Fridays, I go, okay, we'll figure out a Friday, that's fine. But 
most people don't want to record a one to two hour long podcast on like a Friday night because most people got better things to do. Yeah. Whereas on like a, you know, what was now Tuesday night, like a Tuesday or Wednesday night, which is when I usually do them, people are fine to kill a couple of hours chatting with someone because it's fine. With a gig, if you have a gig on a Tuesday night, you get half, quarter of the numbers that you will on a Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, you know. I know. Yeah. So you have to basically, you have to spend loads and loads of time and effort putting in, because obviously I lived with Callum and Reese for three years well I lived with yeah they were three years and then Reese for a little bit longer um, that's when I first moved out with them and I was there in a band so I was in the house and they do band uh, they are making demos in the in the lounge and like uh, do a bit of practice and these sort of things so I was always around them and obviously Rob's in several bands as well and so mm. my dad was always playing music and things so I've been around music quite a lot and I've always noticed it's like you have to put in so much work with music and the problem is with music nowadays is with Spotify is that you basically have to be able to write, record, release your own music. And then if you're lucky, a label will pick you up and then put you in all the right Spotify playlists and then you become big. Whereas, you know, you could be... The problem is you could be the greatest like rock band ever. But unlike back in like the 80s or even the 90s, you're amazing. You just eventually... People find out about you. And because there's only so much music out there... And only a certain amount of people can actually afford to get record uh, deals and things, uh, rec- actually to record. If you get a deal, record deal, you're pretty sorted because I was playing on the radio. That's the only place people can actually listen to music, especially in the 80s. You know, big bands weren't big because everyone loved them so much necessarily. It was they're in big labels, they're played on the radio everywhere, and that gets people into them. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, where- yeah, it depends where you look. Like, I, I know with oh, man, I mean, like music history, like, it's. It it's so like crazy because like you can look at it. I think I feel it's different for certain genres. Like yeah, I know yeah. with um, I'm, I'm, I want to clarify. I'm, I'm mass over. I'm generalizing yeah. to a yeah. huge. I don't. I don't want people thinking. <laughs> I think all music in the eighties. No one chose it. I mean, like there was the one for the heavyweights. You know, I mean, like Metallica, Motley Crue. I mean, yeah, they, those sort of bands were huge because they did these giant tours playing in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Because but then like they like, and I think with Metallica is like. I, I like this is way like before me. I mean, it, was, it was like tape sharing. So like you you'd all be fans of like certain um, types of music, and then it's like I want to record like this stuff, and then I'll send it to someone else, and it's all that. And I think, but then it's all, it was all like with back then, like the record label would start, which would then help the band, and then they'd both get famous along with each other. Yeah, and it's like that. That sometimes you just like you, you know with, you can look back, and then you can see. Let, let, you know, because I'm I'm only really hugely familiar with like rock and all the huge like subgenres from that. But you can you can always like plot like ah oh, right in the 80s you've got thrash metal was really popular and then towards the end of the 80s it was where like grunge started to show up and then the start of the 90s is when it it was grunge and also alternative rock and then you know to, and then the mid and then the end of the 90s is when new metal came along and then you also had like emo and all that and then, but then you can it's everywhere you just you can just take like a bunch of all these different genres and then it's yeah you can you can have a look i suppose but it's yes yeah, it's, it's it's kind of the the same as with oh, what was what am i saying with how bands get famous and stuff it is yeah it's it's interesting but it's also then like some sometimes you can you can look at elements and then say they're similar but then others it's kind of different i think it feels like within the last sort of 20 probably oh man how old are we 20 25 years at this point is where like label would be like oh, i'm gonna pick you up and 
go because I'm, I'm not really i'm not really sure when when labels got big when a label got bigger than a band yeah really yeah. i mean it, it's a weird one is i think it depends who you talk to and how much they're into the music and things but i mean music labels have always had a funny relationship with artists now i mean spotify in itself has kind of simultaneously given and taken power away from artists because you don't need a label now to get famous and to get heard mm. but the problem is instead of being you know 10 people, 10 different bands, for example, being 10 different people in a room yelling at a crowd. It's now a room full of about a million people all yelling at one dude. And he's just got to kind of, you know, I mean, there's the amount of music that you and I probably would love that we've never heard of from like, there's probably like random bands in like Lithuania who could be the greatest prog band ever, but yeah. no one's ever heard of them. And no, like, you know, I mean, obviously you've been in bands and things and, you know, Rob, Rob's music isn't um, everyone's a cup of tea, but there's been points where Rob's music of the genre he's at, I think is amazing, mm. you know? But the thing is, he doesn't have the money behind it. He doesn't have the label behind it. He doesn't have this, doesn't have that. And it's a shame. And with all this, with like the internet, it's given power to the people while yeah. also taking power away to for the people. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a really yeah. weird dynamic. The, the I think... I don't know. It seems like the best bit of advice is like no matter how, like no matter what your band is, just like record something mm. because you never know. Like two examples that I can think of that come to mind is um well actually the t-shirt I'm wearing is the album cover for Spiderland uh, by the band Slint, and then yeah they were they were just like these kids in the like literally teenagers just in um, Kentucky, and they I think their first album was. Rec- they like it was like they did like hardcore punk because that was like what was the the big thing um recorded was i think it was i think steve albini the guy who did um oh he you know big big famous producer he did in utero and he, he did a bunch of and he did oh, yes, he's, he's yes, done yes. he's done loads of things yeah, I'm, in utero, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. really butchering his legacy um <laughs> <laughs> but then then and then they just got together you know, but got a bit arty, and then, well, in my opinion, it's one of the best albums of all time. It's very, very moody. Hmm. But then, like, obviously, at the time, like, no one, it didn't really get picked up, and then they like disbanded like two years ago. But then they influenced a like a bunch of whole other bands, like they like the big prog bands that have come along in the last twenty years, like Mogwai and Godspeed You, Black Emperor, and pretty much everyone. They're like, oh yeah, I really like the like slint you know i listened to that and then everyone's like what's slint we know <laughs> yeah. you what's that and then they just get got famous over time and then they've reformed and stuff and then everyone now and then everyone's like eh. and then with um american football like their first album they recorded they're all at college in like chicago somewhere and it was like they were leaving and they're like all right we'll just re- record these songs and like release on album and then they disbanded because they left college <laughs> And then over the the years after that, it was then like everyone like really loved it. They're like, yeah, we love American football. And then one of them's like a teacher, and the other one's like doing something. They're like, really? You like the, <laughs> you like the thing we did fifteen? Oh, okay. And now they they've reformed and like they've released their albums again, which in my opinion is not as good as that first album. Mm. But it's like, yeah, like those are two I think good examples of if you just release something, if you have something, and hopefully they might influence the right people, and then. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a waiting game, obviously. So I think the yeah, the best thing you do just have something because you know someone might listen to that, and you know you just need that one good shout out, like oh you're the biggest band, like what did you listen to? It's like I oh, listen to this, and then whilst you're there, you know, working at Toys R Us, whatever, you're like 
Fuck me. That's my bad. Pretty good. It was like, um, you know, you know the band Royal Blood? Yeah, yeah. They got so famous, like, overnight, essentially, because they had, like, two songs out. Um, yeah, like, yeah. And, and we listen When they had the two songs out... Did they um, even release an EP? I just uh, remember. It was just... Um, no, they didn't. Out, yeah, this, Out they, of the Black. Everyone just used out, that song. Yeah, there was, was like, out, out of the Black, huh. and then about... It was, like, nine, like, seven to nine months after they released Little Monster, and then, like, another, like, six months after that, they released... Um, is it Ten Ton Skeleton? No, Ten Ton Skeleton was uh, their second single off their first album. They yeah. had four songs out before they had the album out, but once the third song came out, they announced the album. But the first two songs, out, I think it was Out of the Black and Little Monster, Jasmine showed me Out of the Black when the band, they had one song on YouTube and it was just a photo of them leaning against a wall. And, you know, it, that's how no one had heard of them. Mm. And Jasmine sent to me, I was like, I know this song is really good. And I was like, this song's fucking awesome. And then... I was looking online and there was nothing else from them at all. And then suddenly, bam, everyone fucking bummed them because the Arctic Monkeys drummer wore a t-shirt of Royal Blood on stage during like Reading or something. And then from there, everyone was like, who the hell are these? And then overnight, like literally when I see people being at Reading and also seeing Reading live... Everyone was like, holy shit, Arctic Monkeys yeah. like this band. And then I like suddenly, them too. <laughs> well, well, that's what happens. It's like Bring Me the Horizon, things like that. The bands where... If the- sellouts. <laughs> Dirty sellouts. To be fair, I think their new album is fucking amazing. And I think the album before that, That's the Spirit, is quite crap. But the thing is, it's like Callum and I have been talking about it because obviously Callum's in placeholder. It's, uh, they're a, obviously a very heavy band. Um, I implore anyone who likes heavy music to go check them out. But like... I think they're amazing, and I think they have the music abel- ability to actually be one of the like a big band, like Architects, things like that. I think they have the skill to be that big, but the problem is, is there's a hundred other bands also like that as well. And yeah. it's like with my podcast, like I've had a lot of compliments about the podcast, and I think my podcast is good quality. It's something that I would listen to if I wasn't the host, but. There are countless other podcasts which have people who are probably more interesting than me talking to other guests who may be more interesting than my guests. Not to downplay you, Dan. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, And the thing is, is that all it would take would be if... Um, singer Arctic, well, Arctic Monkeys, that'd be pretty bad, actually, for a placeholder. But, you know, uh, Slipknot, Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor, all you need to do is either mention them in an interview or, po- or retweet one of their songs. And they would go from being a band who've got a few thousand listens on a few different places. One song's got quite a few more than that, but generally in yeah. the thousand listen mark. And my podcast, which has had around, you can't tell the exact numbers, but somewhere between six to 10,000 altogether. And I've been doing it for a year and a half now, which is quite good. But when you think I release one a week, it's and you actually work out the numbers, it's like a couple of hundred per episode, which I'm really happy about. But that's not anything comparable, you know? Mm. But if Joe Rogan, who's like the obviously fucking God, Godfather podcast, God essentially, pod. yeah. if he literally, he mentions people on his podcast and these podcasts get, you know, 20 million people listening. He mentions it. He mentions my podcast. If 1% or 0.1% yeah. go, you know, mm. I'm going to check that out. My numbers would double like times by 10, maybe even 100 times more just from one famous person saying the name of my podcast. Yeah. And that's kind of... It sounds really lame. Yeah, that that's sounds, almost what it is, isn't it? It sounds like quite, you know, like thankfully no one says that when you start out doing stuff like that. It's like, oh, you know, you just you you. But then that's the whole point. Like you you do those things because you love love doing them, and it's some it's you know you, you don't do it for like the fame. Yeah, well, it's not it's not the, it's not the main reason. No, you, of course. Well, you, it's, well yeah. me and Callum have spoken about this because even though you know Callum's in a band and I'm obviously doing podcasting, but both of us have things where he releases stuff online and so do I. Obviously, mine is just a grind, whereas his is slightly different. He's got live performances, etc. But the thing is, we both say is we both love doing what we're doing. 
And even though there are times, obviously, where you just kind of think, like, Callum is like when you write new music, you know, when you've released an EP and you've got to start from scratch and you're like, fuck, you know, I've got to sit here and figure something out for it to be good for ages. And with me, sometimes it's a Sunday night, it's like 10 o'clock, I'm only just done editing, I'm going to be another two hours before I've got the episode out, I'm fucking tired, I want to, you know, be chatting with my girlfriend or I want to be playing PS4 or watching Good Place or whatever I end up doing. And instead, I stay up till, you know, 12, 1 in the morning because I had plans on Sunday because I have a life. And then I don't start podcasting till 8 p.m. So then it ends up being, you know, spending four or five hours doing podcasting work and I'm getting more tired, which is making me do it worse. So it's all these things. Yeah. And you get these moments where you're like, I'm really, am I really enjoying it that much? And you have moments of that because everyone who does things like this, but people who really continue and are really are at it are the ones who are passionate about it. And, you know, I'm, yeah. I don't think... I hope that if I keep doing this podcast for maybe another eight or nine years, I may, if I'm lucky, be able to make money off it. Like, that's the kind of level I'm looking at here. And I'm thinking, I may get a few years down the line. You know, I may end up, if if I'm, hopefully I'm still with um, the girl I'm with at the moment, because she's amazing. But we've been dating now for nearly a year. If I end up dating her, I get to 30, you know, or nearing 30, and I'm dating her. My podcast is still basically where it is now. And we end up having kids. It's like... I do want to keep doing the podcast, but I don't know if I'm going to have time to balance a job, a podcast, a family, and everything else I want to do. But for now, I'm really enjoying it. And it's like, for example, me and you, you know, we've had multiple conversations at multiple times, but it's quite rare for two people to sit in a room with no interruptions for two hours. Yeah, Yeah. just just to let's yeah. just talk you know and it, it, i i have really interesting conversations with some people who are from america i spoke to an australian blind film director who has written acted edited and starred in a in a documentary of his own that he made as well as he's got his own film production company and he is such an interesting guy do you need a camera operator <laughs> well he's please <laughs> please help me i need money he, he's a really really interesting guy to speak to and he's really he was blind from like six days old or something because he had like a meningitis jab and he got it's not meningitis it was it was a vaccination jab and his body just reacted to it badly and he became blind so he's never and he's basically one eye is completely blind and the other one's like really really fuzzy like he's deemed as legally blind Uh, so he can see like very vague blurs and stuff but it's like he is a really interesting guy and he's a lot of he's actually really funny as well to talk to and he's had to have this kind of humor because of obviously his dark circumstances and i've watched um he's got his production company beer nuts productions and he's got (laughs) things online and he's he sent me a video called prostitution the untold story and it's like a 20 minute short film thing but it's it's a comedy it's like a mockumentary but he's actually really funny and it's like i would never have even knew who he was or spoke to him if i wasn't in the podcast yeah and there's so many cool people i've spoken to because of that but but even just like you know chatting with you or mates of mine who i've known for decades even like reese i've had over and we you know uh have a couple of drinks or whatever and play smash but even then it's like you don't have that same tuning out everything else you know what mm. i mean like even phones you know phones are a good one that's why i like the cinema quite a lot because people don't get their phones out in during a film but if you're just sat here if there's like a gang of us at like five people or whatever sat watching a movie that you and i really want everyone else to watch you can't really yeah, be... Yeah, so difficult. Yeah, you can't yeah. really... If someone starts to kind of wane in attention or talks a little bit, you feel like a dick <sighs> tends to be quiet. But it's like, you need to watch this because this film, like Wes Anderson movies, are about the nuance. You need to focus yeah. on all the little details and why this is so clever and brilliant. But I can't force you to do that because then you're going to like it less. Yeah, you've really, you've really got to pick it. It's, it, it can... I've, I've had experience like that where it's really bad. We want pe- all these people to watch it, but then it's... 
because they're in a room together, it, it then makes the experience worse for everyone. So you've almost got to like, you have to really be careful what how you say. It. And you're like, you, you need to watch it, but just like watch it on your own. Yeah. But then there are some films where like, it doesn't matter. Like, I remember um, it was a friend's birthday and um, just watched a couple of like movies and there was about eight of us. And it was, it was movies, like, I think it was uh, three of them. And it was like, You're Next, Sinister and The Conjuring. And from from I've seen that, the second two. From that, yeah, Sinister was I really liked it. I really liked that film, but the, yeah. even then, like people were like talking like through it, and I'd I'd just be like, ah, like shut up. <laughs> but it was, but yeah, it was yeah, because with certain movies, because like like Sinister's not. Well, I think it's probably because I've watched it a few times now. But like that, the the first time is like that the the visceral like scariness. It would then like it would like get people, but then you you didn't really need to like have the sort of like you know there wasn't any like the nuances or certain things that and again that I was at that age I wasn't really concerned about like the cinematography and <laughs> certain things like that but then yeah but then in other films I watched I when I, I watched The Witch with a group of people and people were like uh, and they'd react to them but it's like oh the baby I'm like, <laughs> like whatever like just shush just watch the watch the good well, film have you, have you seen Blair Witch Project yeah well the, you know obviously the um the, the original Blair Witch Project right like that's one of my favourite horror movies but that's because it's the first one that ever actually scared me me and Reese watched that for the first time when we were both 14 I think in the dark on like uh, it was like November or something by ourselves in my old house which is an old creaky you know 100 year old house in Wollstone excellent um, just two of us we had a horror night and we watched that and we were so freaked out by it because the the film itself, it, it's a really good movie, but like the first, you know, half of it, nothing really happens. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's all a build up to the last night of them being there and then everything happens and the acting and the screaming and every, everything, what you don't see, what you do see, all these things. And it makes a really interesting film experience, which isn't for everyone and it is a bit dated. Yeah, like the first time you watch it, you have to be, those are like perfect because I watched it like, it was like, not sunny, but like, the, like had all the lights on and was watching it. And then, yeah, my mum would just like come in and out of the room like, oh, is it one of those films where nothing happens? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't even know what that means. And then, <laughs> so yeah, once you're, and then you're out of that atmosphere. Exactly. And then essentially, yeah, to not, not to, not to ruin the film for people, but like, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> it's just watching three idiots just with a fake, with a camera. And then when it gets to the end bit, because you're not in that mood, all the bits which I un- which I understand, uh, you know, are supposed to be like the satisfying parts. You know, that you've built yourself up, end up not being that exactly. You know, the, the, like the the famous bit at the end where like they they talk about it, and then she like looks over at a friend who's looking at the wall, mm. and then you're like, oh. But then when I was watching, I was like, ah, oh, what? A- <laughs> well, exactly. But we watched that in college because me and Reese watched that, and Reese, I trust Reese's film taste more than anyone's because. I like most films. Like, it's quite rare for me to watch a film I really hate. There's probably only about 20 films I can name that I genuinely hate, if that. Wow. But I, I'll get onto that in a minute. But like, <laughs> the thing is with Reese is that he he dislikes a lot of films, but the films that he thinks are amazing always are. Like I, Reese has never liked a film which I don't think is good, right? is it, or other people. If, if Reese says a film's amazing, you can guarantee everyone's going to enjoy it because he's got such a specific film taste in that way. But we watched Blair Witch Project and then... So in college, we were talking to the guys. Um, there was about a mob of like eight or ten of us. And we were saying about how that Reese doesn't really like horror films. He likes them, but he just thinks so many of them are so crap, it's almost not worth watching them, which I yeah. do agree with. There's so many crap horror films. Oh, yeah. But um, 
and we got them all to watch it, okay? We watched that film in silence for about an hour, okay? And then someone got up to go to the toilet, everyone started talking, and there was about another 10 minutes before the film went on again, and then everyone complained it was crap. And I was like, you literally stopped it at the most pivotal part of the whole film. Like, you've got this build-up. There's been nothing really going on for like an hour or so. It's all a slow build to this thing that's happening. You've... It's almost like it's almost like a roller coaster, and you go up the ramp, and you get to the edge, and you just wait there, and then it's slowly, and then, uh, yeah. and then it like, and then you slowly go down, and then the last quarter of it you drop, and you go, "That's a crap roller coaster." It's like, yeah, because you fucking ruin it for yourself, <laughs> and that is the problem with films. Because like, I'm sure you find this as well. There are so many films where I just want to show people. I know they'll love it, you know. Yeah, and, or you can you can talk to death about a film you really like, and then someone like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next time you have a conversation and then it, you know, it just naturally comes up again. Like, oh, I haven't seen that. And in the back of your head, you're going like, oh, I just told you to go and watch it, didn't <laughs> yes, I? Go watch it, mate. But obviously... Yeah, I'm not I'm wasting just... my breath, am I? <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, when you watch it in a group, it's like, I can get all these people to watch a film I like and then we can all talk about it. But the problem is, yeah, yeah. if you do that, and if you do that and it's basically anything apart from a comedy film, it's always worse. Either an action film, mm, and yeah. every, except, except I will say films are so bad, they're good. Films are so bad they're good get better the more people you have up to a point. And comedy films generally you've got like a sweet spot of like a few people, like a couple of people, like less than five, I say. Horror films have got to be like four or less, you know what I mean? Like it's all these different films that you've got to have like a certain right amount of people to watch them with. So like three. Any more than three. I think you can have I, I two wouldn't. you can certainly have two couples, but it depends on the couples. If you get the kind of couples. Or it's like three just three mates. Because like if one of them starts talking, then it's like you won't and then the other one won't then naturally like nothing happens mm. or if you're just like if you all go into it like understanding like th- I feel three is a good number like because I, mean, I watched Royal Tenem no 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 I watched Grand Budapest mm. with two other friends once and yeah that was, it was good it was that was we were all like really good because I think one of them had like half seen it the other one hadn't seen it at all so let's watch it and it's like what we all like yeah I love that movie yeah, a great film yeah but yeah and there's, there's been other times where it's like yeah, you got a big group and it's like trying to watch a film and it's just like, no. It happens, doesn't it? Where I've had it before a couple of times where you put on a film and all it takes is everyone's quiet, you know, and in the film, is it? I understand where people are coming from when this happens because I have this almost debate with um, Jasmine quite often, you know, when I'm always like, on Friday nights, we hang out and we play card games, have a few drinks, whatever. And it's like, what I want to do every now and then is watch a movie because there's there's so many movies I know that all of them will enjoy and it'd be really good for them to watch it. But the problem is what they they saying is like, yeah, but on a Friday night, I don't want to sit in silence for two hours and watch something you want us to watch. I want to chill out, be able to look at my phone occasionally, be able to talk with my friends, have a laugh. And it's like, yeah. I completely understand that. But I also disagree with it completely. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? like, and it's such a horrible thing. It's some, some people just aren't it's like with it's like with music some people just aren't into like it's quite rare to find or not rare maybe a one tier above being rare but like to have to truly find someone who's on that same level mm. with um with like musical films and stuff yeah and it's it's always like i don't know i've 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 a few friends who are into music the same way that i am into music and then I've, there's more people who are into films the same way i'm into films and i think that's <laughs> it's quite it's, it probably sounds quite pretentious but I think one of the most truly disappointing things is when someone else thinks that you're on the same level with films and then they then they like mention a film and then you're like oh like mm, oh this film's really good and like, oh it's no it's not that's the that was like that was my co- that was my college experience because media studies was a very popular 
course. Mm. But there are a lot of mixed like opinions on films. And yeah, some and yeah, that was that was always one of the worst things where someone's like, Oh yeah, I think you'd really like this film. Like, oh yeah, well what film's that? It's like, oh, I was um yeah, like Suicide Squad. I'm like, oh, you fucking <laughs> prick. Like <laughs> No, <laughs> clearly not. Or it'd be like yeah, films like that. Like, oh yeah, that that seems like a film you like. I'm like, are you trying to insult me? <laughs> like, Isn't like, it? Yeah. It, here's a weird concept though that I've I've been thinking of quite a lot recently, and it kind of um it it fucks my head a little bit, and it, which is you can't you don't choose what you like, and that's the weirdest shit ever. Like for example, you and I could watch a film, and films are quite weird, and music's even weirder. But um, yeah, you know, yeah. You and I could we could watch a film, and then we've kind of half discussed some of them uh, today. But like, there's a lot of films where I really really like, and you aren't a fan of. But there's some which I imagine you think are fucking amazing. I think are actually shit. Um, I imagine there's probably less of that because it's usually when you find another film buff, it's quite rare to find both to find yeah a film a real polar opposites. Yeah, because like. normally it's like there's a couple of films that I really like that you're like meh, and there's probably quite a few films that you like. Revenant, you love, you think Revenant's amazing. Yeah, it's good. It's I think great. Revenant is probably as objectively analyzing a film is a great film i just didn't enjoy it because i found there's too much padding but you know maybe that's on me maybe I need yeah to there's it. so many ways you can like, interpret it yeah there's so many ways you can like like to just put everything under one umbrella like art there's so many different ways you can like art and then the more you get into it then the more you can then figure it out but then sometimes you can sort of ruin it for yourself <laughs> like, especially with movies where like there's some movies where like i'll watch i'm like yeah that was fun wasn't good though <laughs> And then if someone if someone overhears that like that doesn't make sense it's like well yeah it's like well it's, you know what I mean like I had a fun time it was, it was but it's not good though. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean yeah but then yeah so to find someone who understands that it's like lovely because I can't be asked to explain to someone you know why why it's fun but it's not good no exactly and there's a lot of people like that and it is quite rare because most most people generally like film you know there's quite a few people who really like film but I'd say being like a movie buff is different movie buff is like you know almost live and breathe film I mean I, I don't watch enough films nowadays to really yeah, it's, do that it's, it's it's liking it and then understanding it's it, it it's kind of like like how you how they teach you like how to write a point in English. It's like, you know, you, you, you like your film and then not everyone wants to then go, but why do I like it? Mm. And then, you know, to, to then back yourself up. Not, not that you should feel unconfident in films that you like, yeah. but you've got like, there's like great films out there, like, like heat, great action movie. And then you can go like, I liked heat. That was good. But then, you know, for a movie, but if you go, I like heat because the acting was superb. The cinematography was great. The soundtrack was, you know, was brilliantly done well mm. and, you know, all like that. But then sometimes there are just people like, oh, I liked it because I liked it. But then sometimes, yeah, that, that, but then that's just, that's sometimes just how quote unquote crap movies then like slip through the cracks and how mm. they get popular because people, they're made for people who they like this. It was quite clever actually. It's people who like won't think about it afterwards. Mm. Like, oh, I liked Fast and Furious because it was just loud and vroom vroom and oh, <laughs> brilliant. Whereas if you want to sit someone who's not, you know, you like, this is, oh. well, that's the thing with like, um, what Megan, she, she likes movies, right? Uh, Megan's my girlfriend, um, for people listening. She likes movies, but she mm. doesn't love them like I do. You know, I'm, I'm really, really into movies. If I choose between movies and series, I mean, I love Game of Thrones and I love, you know, South Park, Rick and Morty, all these things. But if I had to choose between series and, t- and movies, I would choose movies. I would probably change well, that's my a, answer. That's a good question. I, I would not have a clue. It, well, it's tell me it's a very difficult. Well, there's so, there's, there's so many good series. Well, exactly. Breaking Bad is one, a Game of Thrones. I mean, there's Star Wars series, so I can win in that way. But 
like Sherlock is one of my all-time favorites and there's a lot of series that are amazing and series are kind of like series are more for the ride like you get really invested in a series you have to put a lot of time into a series but a movie you can just kind of watch in one go and it's got they're really they're really weird dynamics uh, the difference between film and movies and and it is a weird one when you spoke about like what you do and do not like of it because there are some movies that I love and I I have to really think of why I like them. Like, um, I think one one of our first interactions on Facebook, when we first became Facebook friends, was when I think I wrote my top film list. And I put, was it, no, it wasn't top film list. It was, um, I said that I, Trainspotting is one of my favourite films. I think you aren't the biggest fan of Trainspotting, if I'm right. No, I, I, Leah showed it to me and I watched it and then got to the end and I was like, no, I just didn't, I, did not like it. But there was a film that was out that you thought was amazing, and I didn't think of that was that amazing, and it was out. And I can't remember what it was. It, it might be The Revenant, but it was something like that. Nah, I don't know. I it, don't it, was, it, was, it was some sort of... It was a film that everyone was like... Uh, oh, Shape of Water. Yeah. You, you really like that film, don't you? Yeah. You see, I don't. Oh. But that, that's, I haven't got... I, I appreciate... <laughs> it, it's quite rare for me to watch a film and go, that was so unenjoyable for me, I can't see how people liked it. Like, it's a quite rare... It, it's almost Ooh, impossible. No, I... I, I, I've had that I'm sure yeah, but I mean like as in good films like I've seen bad films I'm like I can't even fathom how anyone could ever watch that ever mm. but you know and there's some films that people really like and you're like how what the acting was pathetic but I'm trying to think of films like that well for me one of them is The Descent but everyone loves The Descent like yeah, got- the, yeah The Descent's good see but me yeah. the problem is me and Reese watched that film the same night we watched Blair Witch we watched it before Blair Witch right hmm. we watched that film and the problem is we found it so predictable that it hurt predictable yeah literally uh, it's really weird no one mm. else seems to think it but it, it's not once again i don't think the film's necessarily crap i just think me and reese maybe went in the right mindset i don't know but we watched that film and we found the first half hour was really good before these stupid gremlin things showed up it was good you know the ge- lady breaks her shin and her bones sticking out and that's horrendous and it's really you feel really invested you know so you would have preferred the descent without the monsters yes because it was really good okay and then what ends up happening is the gremlins come or whatever they're called and it's like okay uh, there are subterranean human species actually okay, gremlins so what happens <laughs> is they they come along and they wipe out most of the crew or whatever and then they're getting all massacred and it's all bad or whatever and it's not really that scary and there's a bit where she like she runs on a corner there's nothing there and then uh. she double takes and there's something there it's like yeah that's really fucking obvious and then what happens for some reason in the film is she falls in a pool of blood comes out she's suddenly a badass and she starts killing everything and then she gets out, but then it turns out she didn't get out, and she's actually still in the cave. But then there's a sequel, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, what?" And the problem is, is that I, I found was, I thought it was good though. Um, I didn't like how the monsters changed. Like, if you look at the, mon- the how they looked in the first one and then the second one, they're I've just different. The one, they're just different for some reason. I think, <laughs> I think in like the second one, they they just look fatter. Whereas like in the first one, they look quite like more scary but then the second one I just didn't like that it went it went in a certain direction and I just found it became it did what a lot of horror films do unfortunately which is it stopped actually really being scary and it was just these swarms of things going after her um and yeah. when she falls in the pool of blood, is that is that the flashbacky thing? But would she, I'm, I haven't seen it in a while. No, so I'm, I'm pretty certain what happens remember. is she falls because me and Reese were just laughing about it because she was running away, scared, screaming. She trips over like loads of bones, falls in this big pool of blood, and then she slowly it's got like, the cameras away from her, and it's like in line with the water, and she slowly rises out of the water, and her face is covered in blood, and everything's covered in blood, and then she immediately she has like an ice pick, and then she sneaks around killing them all. And she goes around just killing all these, and she's no longer scared of them. And it's just like, 
How is it this woman was terrified of them to a degree she was screaming and running I, away from them? No, I feel like I don't know. I just, I just feel like that may have not. If, if that's literally how it happened, then that does sound like it sucks. Wait, but I, I just, I, no, I haven't seen it. In a I while. may be wrong. I this, liked it. This is a film. But... I, once again, I watched something. I watched Blair Witch for the first time. So this was in college. So this was like over. T- like, how old am I now? This was like uh, eight you, years ago. You probably definitely need to rewatch it then. Probably just, just, just for. You there's know. far too many films I need to rewatch. The Descent is not one of them. But I do actually <laughs> own it on. I actually own it on DVD. Oh, it's, it's, it's on that side. I'd consider it like a sort of British staple we of would. like well that's movies. what people said that's why we got it because we went into CEX or shown a video and we basically looked up top 10 horror films or whatever we haven't seen Blair Witch was one of them Evil Dead was one of them and so was Descent yeah and it was just like we were just so I mean it was made by a guy who made uh, Dog Soldiers and that's apparently really good yeah. as well yeah oh, I like Dog Soldiers it's, that's that's quite simple as well it's like um, werewolves isn't it yeah an, ar- an army group are doing a training exercise and then it basically is like they're, they're going around. I think there's, they, they mentioned something about wolves or whatever. And then they find, I think it's like a, it was either like a lost group or a previous group. And they find like Daryl Masker. And, like, oh. and then the werewolves show up and they're like, oh. And then it's, it's, it's basically like a, just a simple werewolf movie. Yeah. And I think it's pretty good. Like, yeah, I've like, heard it's good actually for most people. Most yeah. people I tell them I don't like the descent. They're like, what? Because almost all other films I like when they're horror films, like, they're like, well, I'm surprised you don't like The Descent. But there are some films where, do you ever get it where, well, you, I think you have because we spoke about it a bit earlier, you watch a film and you're like, oh shit. And then you rewatch it, not even like that far in the future. You just end up rewatching it and you're like, that was amazing. And it's like, yeah. how did I, I do it with music. I have to be really careful with music now because like. Yeah, I've done it with music. Oh, people send me, tell me about music and it's like, you know, rap, for example. And if I listen to rap music and I'm not in the mood for rap music, I will hate it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's rap music I like, I can listen to Hopsin or Tech Nine or Eminem relatively any time. And even if I'm not really in the mood for it, I'll enjoy it. But if I listen to anything new, even by the same artist, if Tech Nine releases a new album and I'm not in the mood for rap music, I'll listen to that and think of shit. And, and I do insane. that with movies. Well. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, but I've, I know what you mean. Like, I, it's with, not quite that extreme all the time, I want to clarify, but you know what I mean. Mm, yeah. But I've, I've had that with music before where like, I'll yeah I'll be I'll not be in the right mindset or whatever, but then I'll approach it again and I'll really like it. Like Jeff Buckley, we had, mm. in for GCSE music, he was one of the artists we had to listen to. It was one of his songs, and I was like, Ugh. and then a year or two later, someone's like, listen to the album, it's really good. And I did. I was like, you're right, it's really good. And I was like, why did I? I should have appreciated him more when I first ever heard him. And I was mm. like, oh, I wish I did. Or there's like certain things. That's one of the most. I never have it with movies or even TV series, but with music, I've had it a few times where like I'll listen to a I'll listen to a band, and they're like, oh, I wish I liked them earlier in my life. Mm. There's a, there's a few times where I'm like, ah oh, man, I'm I'm the same. I've had that with quite a few things. Or you know, you get it where people do you get it where I think you do because you've got the similar almost almost stubbornness, but not quite that word. But you <laughs> you said it slightly earlier where someone like um, you did it with uh, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Some I do it with music sometimes where sometimes people are talking about a band so much and I hear like one song in passing and I don't like it, but I didn't really hear the song yeah. properly, you know? And you go, why is everyone going about this? And you kind of... I've tried to stop doing this as much now, but you kind of avoid it a bit because you're like, I'm not going to like it. Yeah. And then you end up getting into it like years after everyone else got into it. And you're like, this is fucking awesome. And why did I like, yeah. example, I, I imagine you don't like them, but 20, 21 pilots. I was thinking, yeah, everyone was so into them. Like, and yeah. I, I never really, I'm like, I can, I can, I, I don't choose to listen to them like their albums, but like, 
if someone put on a song of theirs, I'm not going to be like, oh, if yeah. someone's like, you know, puts on blurry face, whatever, like two, yeah, whenever, when they were like, when they really rose into popularity, I was like, oh, shut up, like, yeah. I don't care. But then now I'm like, this is all right. But like this, at the moment, my main sort of, uh, what's the word? My main like uh, gripe, I suppose at the moment is like indie bands at the <laughs> moment, like people will sing the praises for the for bands like, um, Catfish and the Bottle Men, like the Cortinas, or whatever, and all like bands of that ilk. Mm. I guess Catfish and the Bottle Men, I can sort of see that they're not, they're kind of straying away from the pack, but you can tell they're part of that same yeah. thing. Uh, but everyone's like, oh yeah, like these, I'm like, but they all sound the same. Like, no, they don't. I'm like, no, they like, they, it's fine to like them, but they, they just, they just do. But then, like, but then, People can say that about like all the all the metal bands and yeah. different things that I like, but then it's I just feel like it's it's just all that same. Like you know, they're part of that same sort of like strongbow dark fruit culture, bucket <laughs> hat wearing, you know, that sort of thing. And you know, you just you just find that and it's just like ugh. strongbow dark fruit culture, that is fucking amazing. It's true. Like you, 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 it's true though. Those are the sort of people like they're like, oh, Music didn't start until Oasis came along. It's that sort of like... Oh, people who say that are cunts. It's, but it's that bit like... Hopefully no one's ever said that. Jesus. But like... Oh, really it's that... Fucking over it's that sort of... No, that thing. But like... I like... You know, I like... Because again, and it's annoying because indie is such a weird word. Yeah. When you're describing music. Because, you know, if you really think about it, everything or, or most things can be independent or indie. But then, yeah, again, no one who casual listeners of music are not going to then take the time to go like, okay, when I'm talking about music, I need to think about my proper vocabulary. So then now I have to like, it's it's just easy to be like, everything is one thing. (laughs) Smashing (laughs) pumpkins are indie. Oasis are indie. (laughs) Fucking, I don't know. Like all these things are just indie, but then that can, that can be really annoying because then sometimes, you know, it's that thing of, if you're over, 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 overhearing someone, saying a word wrong and you under your breath you're like you're correcting them but it's like that you know where someone's like yeah I really like um, I bring me here the horizon because they're like screamer and you're here like they're not screamer actually <laughs> that's what I do they're not, screamer not, not a screamer oh, actually screamer's Cause, my number one bugbear because screamer technically like, I always thought for a long time not not it's just a it's just a buzzword but it's if you if you really want to like look into it it can be classified as some sort of specific offshoot of emo you know there's i think there's some certain bands that were under this screamo thing but then you know n- not everyone everyone just it's like oh like i hear i hear screaming or i hear someone going huh. but, and so that, therefore that's screamo like oh i don't like this mashuga they're screamo <laughs> oh, and you're there yeah. like you're a twat <laughs> like you're an idiot <laughs> well that's the thing is like, like, like oh. here's one of those things which like anyone who's listening um but the, the annoying thing is that most people don't like music with unclean vocals, which is the, and my I don't care. My, my view on, on music is I believe that relatively anyone can like music that has unclean vocals in, because what people don't realise is that having shouting in songs, to put it in a horrible way, is people think, oh, that's one drama. It's like, no, you don't fucking understand. Like, uh. I am adamant at least 10% uh. <laughs> of all, I think 10% of all music in the world has got unclean vocals in. Like, I, I genuinely 10%. believe that. If, if not more. Think about it, right? I think less. Think about it in this way. Yeah. I, I think about all the bands in Europe, right? In uh, mainly Eastern Europe, okay? The amount of black metal bands that are unheard of. Think about how many times you go to a gig, right, where there's a local band playing and there is 
how many times it's just a random screamo band I'm using the term you know oh. but like they're, they're really shit but then they last like a year but they're you know what I mean metal the, problem, the problem is with that genre is if anyone who likes alternative music a lot of people in alternative music a much higher percentage of people who like alternative music that's heavy have tried being in a band than the amount of people who like pop music and stuff proportionally yeah. because oh. also you've got to think like when you make this kind of music especially when it's unclean vocals you don't need to be able to sing being able to sing is not necessarily a talent you can get better if you're a shit singer. Like, I'm not a very good singer at all. I, If I'm lucky, I could get off with, if I did loads of singing lessons, practiced loads and did all the right things, I could be an okay singer. With production, a good singer, but generally an okay singer. I'm never going to be like, obviously it's an extreme example, but Freddie Mercury, okay? That guy's vote or the singer of Panic! at the Disco, Brendan Urie. Both of those people have got such huge vocal ranges, it is literally impossible for me to ever sing like them. But... If I practiced at guitar, I could get really amazing at that. If I practice at drums, as long as I've got a degree of, you know, hand-eye coordination, I can get amazing at that. Yeah. With unclean vocals, there is a <laughs> there is a knack to it, but pretty yeah. much anyone can do it if you do it right. Most people just think it's, ah, but it's not, you know, there's highs, mo- lows, mids, pig squealing, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's proper guttural, Ooh, but then there's also yeah. like actually shouting and tonal screams like architects do. There's so many different variations of what you can do, but anyone can shout into a microphone. That's what hardcore punk in like the the eighties, I think it was, or the seventies. There's loads of bands that like a- that. 80s? Since hardcore it, punk, I think in the eighties. Well, I'm thinking of basically since Sex Pistols, who were the sixties, weren't they? Seven, seventy-six. 70s. So there you go, seventy-six. Se- yeah, because so, that was just punk, and then I think hardcore punk was just like. Well, hardcore punk came after, but I mean, punk yeah. was basically just. It, Six people are basically yelling. Like he's he's not really singing because yeah. he can't really sing, but he just kind of yells. Mm. And that kind of started off a whole thing of people doing that. And a lot of people, the amount of people we know in the alternative scene who have at least been in a band, because if you can shout, you can basically be a front man of a hardcore band. You won't be a good hardcore band, but you can do that. Yeah. And I just think the problem is, is that what happens is that people I'm trying to get my girlfriend to stop doing it as much because I will listen to any music genre like I don't like Taylor Swift that much but I'll listen to her but and there's a couple of tracks of hers that are actually fairly good but you know I don't love her music it's not my jam but there is certain pop artists like Sia I literally fucking love Sia Sia's last two albums I fucking love her album with Diplo and Labyrinth I think is amazing as well I think she's got an astonishing voice amazing songwriter her Christmas album's amazing too but <laughs> I also kind of like Lady Gaga. I, I don't love her albums and I haven't listened to any of her albums recently because they're all quite crap. But there's quite a few Lady Gaga songs that I quite like. Yeah. But because I'm not bound by genre, because I will like relatively anything. I, I'm i like you. I, I generally lean more towards rock and generally heavier stuff. But yeah. alternative rock is a huge amount of the music I listen to. And I like a lot of rap music as well. And it's like, I don't like it. What what my girlfriend does, not to downplay it, she's lovely and I don't want to sound like I'm just complaining about her, but she <laughs> is a good representation of people who only really listen to mainstream music, excluding now that she's met me. What happens is they hear shouting for a second and that ruins the whole song for them and they switch off. As soon as they hear, rah, literally immediately, something goes off in their brain and they go, I don't like this and they don't listen to any more of the song. And she's doing it a lot less, but she's acknowledged that she does it. And the problem is, is that that's what happens and there's so many bands that are like middle ground like um i'm sure you don't like them much but you're not know asking alexandria oh yeah see i know you don't like them but them as an example okay if you listen to their second album but half of it is shouting and half of it is singing it's overproduced and it's not the best singing but if you take it as an example there's a lot of really hooky choruses in that album that a lot of people like pop music really like but in amongst that there's people shouting and the problem is is that you can get other bands that have even less of it there's certain bands that have like um 
Escape the Fate, for example. Oh man, I don't know. I'm naming a lot of bands you don't like, but like, Escape yeah, the it's, Fate. It's, uh, that that was yeah. Gr- growing up, it was like <laughs> those were the bands that it was. Uh, yeah, not not, not seen kids. Not stuff. to be not yeah, not to be rude, but it's like quote unquote like annoying kids and like seeing kids. They 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 because I, I yeah I would I would listen to all these different music, but then I would never like want to try and like dress to then represent that. But then these people like would. And then, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, just on my own opinion, I could, I saw through. I felt I saw through their music, and I was just like, it was just, yeah, because like, it was just that sort of. There were certain, you know, bands from that sort of genre and that movement that you know I liked. I can't, I can't really think if I'd really like, but then there'd be certain songs, but then I, was the, I, I, I was under the impression it was just the same sort of churning out of just crap. Mm. It, was, it was just the same, like, you know, if you, if you could easily like create a playlist of, and, and you could have 12 songs from all those 12 different bands, like Escape the Fate, Asking Alexandria, um, I don't know, Chodas and Attack Attack and Of Mice and Men. Yeah. And you could play that at someone. And they'd be like, "Oh, that was a that was cool. That was one cool album from one band. Like, no, no, that was that was a bunch of them." And then that person be like, "Oh," and that's that's why I felt. I was just like, "They're all the fucking same. They're just crap." And it's it was just yeah, that none of that stuff was really my thing. Like, I went through my new metal phase, and then from there, I, I don't know. That's why I I just went and branched out and found like loads of different stuff that I still like to this day some stuff I've grown out of but mm. yeah the only real proper like phase because I never had a, a scene kid phase because I hate all the bands it's it probably new metal when I was like um, end of junior school start of secondary school I don't know because even even strangely yeah 10 years after it was relevant those are still the bands because you at that stage like go to HMV it's probably maybe because those were the bands that were on the two for ten offer. One of the f- <laughs> I remember buying like the, the first, like one of the first albums I remember probably buying was like again like Infest by Papa Roach, and then mm. there's I don't know probably another sing another CD in that two for ten pound offer. But then yeah, that 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 album was probably not relevant. But then I was you know I'm there like oh yeah. I'd, I love Last Resort and Infest. Like, but then I look back, I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, but then I guess I'm kind of glad because I'm thankful I didn't like any of the stuff. But then that was popular then. That was getting all the play on like, um, Kerrang! Right. Scars, like Sleeping with Sirens and fucking Pierce the Veil. I was like, I thought they were I, I know you hate Pierce the Veil. Terrible. I, I, I love Pierce the Veil. I thought it was rubbish. That's, that's fine. I mean, I, I totally yeah, understand I that. Did not. It, I was I was amongst the scene kids. Um, I wasn't a scene kid, and I didn't wear any of that stuff. But I, I so, liked- yeah, some some of the stuff that they they liked, I also liked. Like yeah. um, My Chemical Romance. Like I liked oh, yeah. like their songs, cause, especially because I guess they as a band grew out of that. Like they weren't even really seen. No, but then se- scene kids, scene kid music encompassed a lot of different genres. Really, I guess third wave. You had third wave emo. You have like metalcore, and then you have. Post hardcore, which is a very post hardcore, I, I, I would, I'd say is a dirty, dirty word because you've got, I don't know, it's, it's strange because you've got bands like from, yeah, from a history standpoint, put the history, history glass <laughs> on the early 2000s, you had bands, um, Glassjaw, um, at the drive in, mm. Blood Brothers, and most of them are probably, I think would, Produced by Ross Robinson, I think he did the first well, he, he did, Slipknot album. Well, he did a Corn album as well. Yeah, and 
I think he did Eminem as well, William. And then he, yeah, he, I think he, I'm sure he, he did those because he wanted to step away from, I think the like the corn stuff. I'm pretty sure. And then so the, like and and yeah, I and I think refused uh, the shape of punk to come, which is like night yeah, is part of that. Yeah. And I I remember I was and Alexis on fire's first album was again part of that sort of same um, time frame. And I really liked all of those albums. I thought like they were great. But then, yeah, so in my head, I'm like, you know, the, the association is that that sound, familiar, familiar sort of sound goes that. But then you have other bands like, like Pierce the Veil, like, yeah, we're post-hardcore. And I'm like, you're not post-hardcore. But then it sounds stupid because you're just shouting to a wall because, <laughs> you know, no, no, no one else is there like debating the intricacies of musical genres and then all these different bands. And it's all right for a band to have like, have many genres attached to them. Like, yeah, we're this, we're this, we're this. But then, yeah. It's a big mess, the problem is. Whenever I listen to music, um, because me and Reese used to get into quite a few heated arguments about um, music, especially genres. Because we, me and Reese like, I'd probably say probably about 70% of the same music we like. like me, me and yeah. Reese are more, I don't yeah. think I've ever met anyone who's got the sim- as similar music taste to me as Reese. And often when we, if there's a band we both really like, the we normally have the same album and the same favorite songs but then there's other bands that are, that he likes that I don't like at all and things like that but generally speaking it's like that and there's been times I remember one do you know a day to remember yeah now see a day to remember they're basically like pop punky but they also are like they hate the hardcore sorry they hate the hometown well yeah <laughs> it's so washed up and all their friends don't give a fuck um but like they, they were like um you know they were kind of post hardcore and punky but pop punk as well and all um, i remember me and Rhea said this argument didn't have once. a lead guitar that's their problem <laughs> well me and Rhea said this um argument uh over i think it's xbox live once where he was saying it's not pop punk and i was saying it was and i looked online and wikipedia said it was which obviously is not the best uh not the best <laughs> i have the proof <laughs> but like you know it's one of those things with genres where genre is it's almost down to interpretation, I find. Because, like, post-hardcore, you say those bands are post-hardcore, and I agree with you, but, like, if you go back to the early 90s, post-hardcore then was post-hardcore, as in literally what came after hardcore. And hardcore is now, is different to what hardcore was like back mm. in the late 80s and the 90s. Because yeah. hardcore now is basically, like, knocked loose or, like, really fucking heavy bands. Turnstiles were... Yeah, but then so yeah, it it goes through like different stages where like some bands will want to take like it, it seems like it works in two like you've got the thing that starts it out, then you've got the people who respond to that, and then you've got the people who come after the responders who then want to get back to what it was, and then but then then after after those people go back to the first lot, then a new lot come along who then go back to the second lot and then it's all like that i tell you what the the, as a actually one thing i uh, read online which was it's actually really genius it was um lamb of god and it was um the guitarist lamb of god released a thing of like their best 10 albums or something and it was ranked by him who was the guitarist and um he said the funny thing is of people um the ranking i disagree with completely but what he said was that one thing he did say was which really stuck with me was everyone's favorite album nine times out of ten is just the album that got them into the band and that is actually, not in every single case, oh, man. but most of the time it is actually true. And it kind of throws it out of whack of what you think you like. Because, like, 
you know, there Ooh. are certain bands that have exceptions, like Slipknot. The album that technically got me in Slipknot was the third one because that was the album that was out at the time when I was getting into it and before I forget and Duality is what I got into them. But their first album was what got me into them. But apart from that, I'd say in recent years... Yeah, I'd say the same with Slipknot. I think I think maybe... I can't remember the first album. It's called Slipknot. It's got a... No, no, no. I can't remember the first album of theirs I got. I'm oh, pretty sorry. sure it wasn't Iowa, which is the one I prefer... Yeah. the most if I was to listen I don't really listen to Slimmer anymore no I, but I don't if really I, on the odd occasion I go you know really fancy listening to Slimmer for like an hour and then I do and I'm like but I'm, I'm trying to think of like the bands I really like and I'm trying to think of like was their first album well, there was the first album that I listened to there's the one that I like the most because normally what happens is you attach yourself, you find oh, the man. album you like the most, you then get into that band because of that album, and then they release an album after that and one of two things happens either it sounds really similar and it just isn't as good or it sounds quite different, so it's not what you want. You know what I mean? It's quite, yeah. it's very rare. That, hmm. And that's the problem with a band. Like, Bring Me the Horizon's a good example, which is every album of theirs is, relatively speaking, a different genre. I mean, because their first album, terrible. Second album is Metalcore, and it's really... Well, those two are the same. Yeah, those two. Ignore the, the f- Their first two albums are the same. Yeah, yeah I agree. But the second album's better, Suicide Season. But then the album after that, which is There Is A Hell, Believe Me, I've Seen It, There Is A Heaven, something rather. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, That album... Half of it sounds very much like Suicide Season, but then the other half of it sounds like Sempaternal because they've got songs on the album like like a song called Don't Go with Lights. And that song is amazing, but it's really, really, really calm. It's not even a metal in genre. It's like barely rock. But like then Sempaternal, that's just a heavy metal album. But then that's a spirit is an alternative rock album. And then the newest album is a Ugh. pop album. And it's like all these different genres. Yeah. And it's like they can't really win. And the new album is all about how the fact that None of their fans like them. They have a song called Heavy Metal, which is literally one of the lines of the chorus is, and the kid, oh, it's, uh, and a kid on the gram in a Black Dahlia tank says it ain't heavy metal, but that's all right. And it's like, I know you hate it, but that's fine. Yeah, God. But it's like, you know, those sort of things is like, I really don't envy being in a famous band because like Slipknot. Slipknot's first album is new metal. Slipknot's second album, I'd say, is like heavy metal. Like it's getting near like really heavy metal. It's still, it's, it's still dirty. But I feel like n- no matter what they do, it's only new metal because you then so again another problem with genre is like the certain, um, the certain instruments you employ in your band then become like the genre. Like new metal, it's like if you have a turntablist and a DJ, you are therefore new metal. If Limp you have biscuit. a six, uh, seven string guitar, if you have a seven string guitar, jet. new metal, which is like yeah, like Deftones. That was like that like they didn't their first two albums new metal but then like the guy um, Steph would use 7 or 8 and some, sometimes they still get put in like oh they're, they're a really good new metal band I'm like oh you <laughs> stop it stop it don't stop but um, yeah but then that's just so it, it's alright for a band to progress and like yeah. change their sound but then sometimes you can just tell when I don't know I feel like it's it's Forced. They might they might say, oh no, this is totally our idea. Mm. Yeah, we started out fucking screaming our lungs out, but yeah, now we just want to do pop, man. Yeah, yeah. Totally, like yeah, we we, uh, but uh, we, we're all, we've we've also the most famous we've ever been. How strange! How strange is <laughs> I, that? I do agree with you, uh, but they do have a song about that in heavy metal, and the song heavy metal, the first verse, <laughs> the first verse is about the record label forcing them to try and um, sound like a certain band, yeah. and then the second verse is all about the fans then doing that. And the problem is, is that I will say I agree with you completely that there are a lot of bands. Arctic Monkeys is one that springs to mind where 
they kind of do what they want for an album or two, and then the record label starts whispering in their ear saying, you know what, you if you if this producer helped you write some of these tracks and helps you do this, it will make you more money. You won't have to tour as much, and therefore, and also it will appeal to more people. And I'm in, I'm always got this weird cognitive dissonance in my own mind. I'm always in two minds where I'm always like, there's a part of me that's a purist that's like, no release what you want to release don't let anyone fucking taint it what makes you special as a band what made you big is what you did yeah. in your fucking basement with no one what involved. you did 10 years ago but, do that again but equally if you're in a band and you've been doing band being, I mean me and you haven't even been working long enough to even comprehend this but imagine being in a band for 10 years and you've played the same let's say three albums and be maybe three maybe four albums three albums right and you've played these three albums all the same genre and pretty similar sounding for 10 years you're just fucking sick of it and you're like you know what I want to do I'm I'm sick of writing metal songs. I just want to write something a bit different for once. Mm. So you release something a bit different. I would argue maybe do it as a side project thing, but whatever. You do it as, a th- as not as a side project because you say, Mike, I'm sick of doing metal. Uh, can we just do something a bit more chill? And I go, you know what? I've actually written, a f- I'm a guitarist. Hey, you know, I've actually written a few melodies which wouldn't work for our next coming metal album, but it would work for a pop album. Then the drummer goes, you know what? My hands are aching from doing all this metal stuff. Can we have something a bit more chill for a bit? Oh, I've actually got a mate who's a really good um, producer. He can help us with this. And yeah. then, and the would, it be, is- would it be better if you, so, uh, and some, some sort of, some groups have done it where it's like they then, write those sort of stuff but then it's under a different label they leave the one thing that they've done as one thing and then they're like we want to well, do that's what there. I think yeah go, I, I go think side thing. projects but then again one argument once again is it's a, it's a lifestyle and it, it costs money and is it for Bring Me's example right who changed probably the most drastically in the metal world they are more successful than they've ever been but to be honest, if they said they, they they are now making more money, and surely do they from the great albums they made the first three or whatever up to or first, I'd say the ignoring the first one, second, third, and fourth one. So you know, up yeah. to Eternal, mm. they deserve the amount of attention they're getting now for those albums. So is it not really yeah, fair? Yeah. Is it not really fair? You don't have to like their music, but is it not really fair for them to make all this money on music that maybe isn't even that good just so they don't have to release albums no one really listens to that they don't even like that much anymore? Dunno. Well, that's the problem. And I, I, I'm forever fighting with myself of... Ugh, how do they let the producers do this? But then again, maybe they actually don't want to do heavy stuff all the time. But should they have to do heavy stuff that, all the time? But then some bands have done that well, mm-hmm. like Radiohead. So like their, their first album was like early-ish 90s and it was essentially just like a really crappy grunge alt-rock album. Then they released The Bends, which which honed those a lot. But still, like it's not... It's not great. It's not groundbreaking, and it's but it's again, it's like a good sort of let's call it rock album, just to sort of you know try and not <laughs> what we've talked about, like the genres and stuff. Yeah. Then they released um, uh, OK Computer, great, absolutely one of the probably one of the best albums ever recorded, like from from their small part, of, like the genre. But then, as well as doing stuff that they did on the bends, they then incorporate different parts. But it wasn't like a complete overhaul, which is where their fourth album came in, and they just pretty much changed up their whole sound. It, they just did like elect. It was just all electronics. They're like, oh, guitars, nah, fuck it. We're just gonna like make electronic music. And then some, yeah, it, uh, yeah. Again, like you said about the two sort of people, the people who liked OK Computer and all that, they were like, no. But then other people who were like more open minded, they're like, huh. And then now they've like, it's yeah. That, that's where like experimental comes in. Mm. It's a right to experiment, but then sometimes, but then experimental comes into a. And its own genre. So you've either, <laughs> so you've either got to, 
it sounds like you've either got to start out as that and then people won't call you a sellout because you know people some people might not see it as okay as like oh you can't start experimenting now <laughs> you silly billy you should, have, should have started that first i'm used to that i'm, I'm used to you like doing like alt rock I'm, I'm used to you doing like prog metal no, I, don't, I don't need doing folk rock goodness sake like it's <laughs> not what i signed up for and then but then you've got other bands some some genres do allow that like um mogwai really really like them but then there's some albums of theirs which I don't like, but then it's just, it's just whatever sound they took on that album. Mm. Like, because they're prog rock, like, yeah, one album, it can be really guitar focused and another album, again, is guitar focused, but it's more ambient and layered and, you know, and what they did with the vocals. But then some, you know, they could focus more on a synthesizer, but it's, you can still like that. Yeah, there are some bands who've done it well, but then there's other bands who's not. But then I, th- I feel like the waters aren't that muddy, but you can still sort of see through that. Mm. Where you're like, ah, you bloody, nah. But then, there's other, <laughs> but then there's other bands where you're like, ah, oh, yeah, no, I can, you know, I've charged your career for however long, I can see that. And it's all right. But then, yeah, with, but I think with, I think a lot of people might think that Arctic Monkeys have done that, but I, I'm not really sure if they have, really. I feel like, I don't know. Apparently think... their, le- uh, their latest album, apparently is quite good. See, I've heard the opposite. Everyone oh. I know love the Arctic Monkeys and they all say the newest album is shit. So, so this is what I mean. Like, the problem is as well. It comes down to it's all down to so the problem is the music. I think uh, we're kind of have to wrap up now because we're getting near two and a half hours. Um, oh. Yeah, um, wow. it's um, wow. Um, you can come back on again. Uh, always welcome. Love the, it. Um, we'll start to wrap up now. But I feel like we haven't really talked that much. <laughs> if it, but to me, it feels like we haven't talked that much about. Well, certainly not about movies. I feel like we've barely scratched the surface. And yeah. I think with music. Just a little over that elk, but I mean... The problem is with music is it's so subjective. Like, you know, there's been... Music is one of the hardest ones to get for people because you just play people music and we were talking about the, I'll only say briefly but you know we're talking about movies and when you when you like or dislike a movie you can kind of realize you can kind of break down why mm. with music I find that really difficult to do because there are some artists whose music I love but I just love the melody of it that's all it really is I just love the way it sounds and there's other music like there's a band called We But Other Bread But Butter and they are one of my favourite bands ever because their their second album is one of my favourite albums but if I, if you showed me that album now, I would swear to you, I would tell you it's one of the shittest things I've ever heard because the vocals are pathetically bad. It's in German. It's a German metalcore band. The production quality is not very good. The German, the, the uh, lyrics are stupid because one of the lyrics, like I think it's funny now, but one of the songs is called Super Fun Banana Date and the chorus is, I went to Lidl and bought a hairdryer for seven euro because I'm going on my super fun banana date. That's the chorus. And it's heavy, but it's not actually proper heavy, like heavy. It's uh-huh. just loud and fast and someone shouting. And it's, um, everyone I know hates it, despises it, thinks it's one of the worst things I've ever heard. But for some reason, I love it. And I don't even know why anymore. It's strange because you've just, you've, you've even, you've shown awareness that you know it's bad. You've said things that are bad about it. And then you're like, Oh, I like it. I'll show you after this podcast that we bought the rubber butter. Oh, I don't know. But the thing is, their later albums. You've really under. You've like. You're like, oh, this is terrible. This is, <laughs> it's like this other thing. It's like, oh, oh, do you have the taste of this beer? Like, yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, do you want some? <laughs> no, I fucking don't. If you, just, if you just said it's bad, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. I like it. Can you listen to it too? Um, no, no, I think so actually. Oh man. Well, we'll start to wrap up now. Uh, is there anything else you want to uh, add? Oh, I don't know. I shouldn't have asked you that question. I just saw your eyes like, like too much pressure. <laughs> anything to, anything to if add. If there's nothing about, to add. About music. I don't know. Could try and end on like a, 
a list question maybe or like a Go on then. just no. one final what, question couple, what, if a couple of bands that you'd recommend to people uh if if anyone just fancy listening to something a bit different um recommend something a bit different okay a couple of things like let's uh, let's say three let's say three albums slash artists just we've got we've got eight minutes to it so I'll, I'll, I'll try and think of a variety okay well you go first for one then i'll go first for another and then i'm gonna have to get my phone out though so Spotify. <laughs> i think maybe I, i'm gonna have to like look at my music very quickly you there's one there's one band um called the dismemberment plan and they have an album called emergency and i and it's yeah one is one of my favourite albums ever. It's I'm gonna actually download this while you're talking about it. Emergency and I from 1999. Yeah, it's download. It's weird and wonderful, and it's yeah, it's really good. But like, wouldn't wouldn't listen to any of their live recordings because so they they sort of changed things up a little bit. But I I remember it was I think it was, it was the summer, and I was just chatting to a friend, and his friend were really into music, and we looked at not that not that anyone should really do this but it's like look at um pitchforks like 10 out of 10 albums right and we were just like looking through and we found this one but like we'd never heard of it at all i thought i'd give it a listen and then the whole the, the whole way through i found there was personally i found there was like n- there was no bad points no boring bits everything was just like and it you know it, it was all like switched on very good and it, it incorporated like sort of just alt rock bits and it had it has like synths and i found the lyrics and the vocal performance to be very clever and the instrument playing is i wouldn't call it off, not off kilter but it's you know it's, it's different like i think if you listen to it you'd, you'd understand what i'm trying to say hmm. but ultimately it's just one of my one of my favorite albums and it's it'll probably remain that way for a very long time cool. it's just very good one of the albums i've listened to recently which i think is really good is it's a band <clears throat> a band called glass animals um and the album's called how to be a human being um and it's it's not heavy or anything like that at all it's it's kind of like alternative rock but they use a lot of different instruments and a lot of different sounds and there's always a lot going on and i like a lot of music has a lot going on so it's it's megan really likes it so for anyone who likes pop music and stuff i think you, you'd really like it as well it's it's chill but it's upbeat so it's like an upbeat you can kind of sing along to certain bits but it's got a lot of different instruments playing to it and stuff so glass animals had to be a human being there's a song on there called um where's it gone the other side of paradise and it just there's so much going on i I love it i I really recommend that to people i'm just trying to think of bands that i feel like no one else talks about so then i can like pick an album and it's like yeah like because yeah i feel like there's you know but i i i'm trying to find of how to talk about stuff because if if i say about like bands i'm listening to recently i'd be saying like strangely my metallica i've been listening to like their stuff and like neurosis yeah but then i'm trying to find i'm trying to think of just another one of a band i feel like no one's listen listen to but they should youth in all that you and I like quite alternative music, so anything you say to people is going to be... Um... Yeah, I imagine that no one's going to be like, yeah, I've heard of that. Um, ooh, come on, just think of think of something. Uh, it's, it's annoying, there's the, so much choice. I don't know. Well, I can um, use another one if you're stuck. I think I'll talk about... Um, if you want to listen to music, like, if you want to listen to hectic post-hardcore music and not hectic as in bloody uh, like sleeping with sirens or uh, really crazy like proper like you know listen to yank crime by drive like jehu they uh came out of like the san diego scene that was this that was their like second and final album and 
I don't know, if if you want music that will make you, I don't know, want to like just just run and run and run or just punch a wall or just like just if you've got like a if you've got a bunch of cathartic energy you need to like let out, just listen to the first song like Here Come the Rome Plows. It's just five minutes of a five four beat, just like and the guitars are so like scratching and like in your ear, and it's the yeah because it's five four, so it's like one two three four five one two three. It's, it's there's just something about it where you'd like if if you are in the you've got to be in the proper mood like and just listen to it and just absorb it. And you're like fucking hell. <laughs> that that was my first reaction when I listened to that, and I think yeah the whole album because yeah it's just so like angular and it's like oh it's just cutting. You could probably just like run for the whole course of the album then you're like oh i feel great because <laughs> it's just an, an, yeah an insane piece of music i think that's great i've also said the ones that you're saying i'm downloading as well um there's a nice. band there's a band called the fever 333 um, yeah the guy from let live yeah yeah, yeah i love let live we're as going well. in yeah going exactly in. we're coming in motherfucker coming yeah. in yeah well they've got they've got an album out um called strength and numbers um but instead of the e in numbers there's three threes because they're edgy and um it's any they play Call of Duty. <laughs> was any any they're a bit more on the heavy side, I will say. However, they it's kind of a mix between rap, uh sort of punk, um he does yell, but the vocals aren't like it's like just they kind of it's like let, so it's like let live vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And um it's it, it's a bit more rappy, it's a bit more urban to say, but it's, yeah. it's all very it's social commentary, it's all about, you know, rise with the people, you know, fight the system. That's uh, sort of, that's sort like of, a rage uh, against the machine. Yes, yeah. The enemy. rage against the machine sort of fuck everything sort of idea. Yeah. Um and they've got a song called Burn It, uh, which is the first track on the album after the dot dot dot. Um just an intro track. Nice. Um, and it's 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 a really good track. If people like the song Burn It, it's a good uh overview song of each part of the song you can kind of extract and that's almost one song. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Burn It and um Strength in Numbers by uh, Let Live. Uh, not Let Live. The Fever 333. And then if nice. you like that, check out Let Live. Can I quickly just talk about two albums that I, I feel I listen to a lot, but no one else seems to. You can, um, do, you can do two and I'll do one more. Um, so I've got, they're both like part of like, I, I got into like Shoegaze albums and like Dream Pop. So it's all like. I quite like a bit of Shoegaze. We only like the two Shoegaze bands. but And I think um, the Dream Pop album, uh, Cocteau Twins, which were quite popular. Um, their album Four Candor Cafe, which is not considered their most like, the most like revered album. So what are they called? Cocteau Twins. C O C T E A U Twins. Four Calendar Cafe. I I you know I I just listened to it randomly because I was trying to find music. Yeah, and I, I think it's it. one of the it's really good dream pop they album. Last year, did they? Yeah, twenty eighteen. Treasure hiding. The, oh, the Fontana years. Oh, it's just loads of remastered stuff. Ah, I was going to say. I was going to say, because I was like, their albums, 1990, 1991, 1996, 2018. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, sorry, Full um, Calendar Cafe. Yeah, Full Calendar Cafe. Like, it's not considered their best work by, like, critics. Everyone goes to, I think, uh, Heaven or Las Vegas or something. But that that album in particular, I don't know why. It's just like, sometimes when I listen to music, I'm like, oh, i got to get, if I'm, this, this music would be perfect for if I'm, like, in this mood. And that is just, nice sunny day and you're just like chilling out I don't know if you're floating in a bath that's sort of like I mean it's just like floating around and I think another album which I think more people should talk about which probably people do but I'm not talking to the right people is uh, Souvlaki by Slow Dive another great album it's very it's considered one of the sort of like you know bedrocks of shoegaze you know how people like they have, say they have a new album out of 20, 2017 that's also quite good but I, I prefer Souvlaki yeah, yeah it's again it's got like that when the sun hits on that album, it's just like I don't know. I feel like someone could have never had the feeling of nostalgia, 
But if they listen to that, then they'll just be like, I get it. You can play it to a robot and then the robot will like have like nostalgia. I don't know what it, it's just, again, it's just something like, that's just the visceral reaction that music can have. Nice. And I think though, like, yeah, I feel like I wish I could talk to more people about those two albums because they're Well, I'm going to download them really and listen great. to them over the time. So um, I'll, I'll let you know what I think. Because I like, there's a band called Nothing that are really good shoegaze. Yeah, band. you yeah. showed me them, yeah. Yeah, they're really good. Um, right, so the, the last one I'll say to people, um, it's an artist called Arrested Youth. Um, and he has an album out called Fear, um, and it's got 10 tracks in it. And it's, it's, I don't know what the genre would be almost. It, it's, I think it's just universally appealing almost. It, he's got a song called My Friends Are Robots, and I have yet to find <laughs> someone who doesn't like that song. And it's all about, well, it's, it's, it's basically, all the songs are social commentary. You know, he's got a, a song called Painting in Paris, and it's all about people taking selfies in front of the Mona Lisa. He's got a song called um, Black and White, and the line of the chorus is, black keys don't like the white keys because white keys don't fit with the melody. And it's obviously white keys and black keys are sharps and normal uh, keys to do the actual music, but it's also about social commentary. Mm. And it's all these sort of double entendre. He's got a song called Vans, which is all about, and the chorus is Vans on my feet. So it's all about shoes, but there's all lot of layers to it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's singing, but it's kind of singing a little bit of almost rap in a sense. Um, but it's, He's like an independent artist, um, and it's the production. He uses a lot of instruments in it, but it's all synth instruments, if you mm. know what I mean. So there is a guitar in it, but the guitar is like synthesized. It's a very interesting album. There's another band called Grandson, or another artist called Grandson, who sound quite a bit like uh, Arrested Youth. Mm. So I think if people check out the, the album Fear, it's just really interesting and just a really good album that's way like hooky, social commentary. It's got everything you kind of want on it, so... That's probably going to be it for me. So any final thoughts, Dan, while we, it's now past two and a half hours, uh, any final thoughts to give to the uh, the people? Um, watch the movie Crash. It's my favourite movie of all time. Is that the one with, about the the race, about race and stuff, where it's goes like, you see a car crash and then it, I watched that and it's amazing. Yeah. It's really It's, it's one of the only movies that I've like, I've like been audibly shocked by yeah. and I've like, yeah. um, what else are some good movies? Watch Rival. Detroit. Uh, Detroit is a great movie. Haven't seen that one. Need to. Uh, but do not watch Suicide Squad. Do not watch <laughs> the new Hellboy. Don't watch Passengers. Don't watch Click. Uh, and don't tell people not to watch Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> and, I, don't, I don't like it that much either. But people get upset if you. And, oh, Sandler. I need. I need to think of something controversial that I haven't already talked about. Because I've already talked about Kingsman, which I don't like. I haven't. I've already talked about. Um, don't watch Train Spotting. Fuck D- off! Don't, don't, don't waste your time. <laughs> Fuck off! Uh, <laughs> don't watch Train Spotting too because that's not that good. But don't watch Train Spotting. Um, choose life. Choose life. Uh, choose life. Oh man, choose a fucking great car. Be, I'm sure. Come on, I'd have a bunch of controversial opinions about movies. You run out of time, mate. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> the stress you're putting under yourself to think of one more movie that you're trying to cause controversy with. The uh, what should I say? The Godzilla cinematic universe is better than the Marvel cinematic universe. Boom, drop mic. <laughs> drop mic. Well, to be fair, it's much more entertaining. To be fair, it's probably more consistent, I'd say, only on the basis that there's two of them and they're both, one of them's pretty good and one of them's <laughs> amazing, whereas the cinematic universe has got uh, Iron Man 2 in it and Age of Ultron. Yeah, so. I think I've covered all my controversial opinions. I need to think of some more. No, you I don't. need to remember some more. Well, you're too late, mate. You're going to have to come on again and we'll have to talk about... What we'll have to do is we'll have to do a thing of like controversial movies and we'll have to like go on... Like, have, have to I'm, think of a list of well, like... We'll go on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes and we'll see a lot of the top movies and mm. then we'll choose ones that are really popular that either either one of us don't like and kind of argue why they're yeah. bad. Yeah. That's not like a good... We'll do that. 
I can we can uh, we will do that. We'll plan that in the future. That sounds good. But anyway, you've been in this room for a long time, Dan. So <laughs> I really appreciate you not going insane with my company. So um, it's, anytime, it's been an absolute pleasure <laughs> to have you on, man. No worries. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Um, as I said in the intro, um, all the albums that me and Dan spoke about at the end there, um, the description, uh, the name of the albums and artists are in the description, so you can find them on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever you sort of fancy. Coming up over the coming weeks, um, I'm just going to say, I think next week and the week after is going to be my chat with a gentleman called Alton. Um, he is developing a new tabletop game. Um, it's meant to be essentially kind of Dungeons and Dragons, but you're meant to be able to learn the rules in about five minutes. It's completely portable. The games can last around an hour, um, and it's meant to be sort of a game that people who want to get into games like D&D can sort of... Uh, get into quite easily without having to spend hours and hours and hours learning about the whole game because I played Dungeons and Dragons and it's a lot of fun but there is a lot to take in and the first few hours of sessions it takes a long time to really become literate with it so it's very interesting hearing him talk about this project that he's developing there's a kickstarter for it I've already contributed to it and I can't wait to get my dice set and things from that um, so that's going to be the chat next week and I believe I'm going to be splitting it in two um, so if you're interested in tabletop games D&D or just someone who's really passionate about something that creating then the next two episodes are going to be fantastic after that um i'm not sure which ones i'm going to release there is that still that beth crane one which i still have got recorded which i have not yet released um but it will see how i'm, I'm basically doing a couple of recordings uh, next week and the week after so i'll see about those guests when they want to get those episodes recorded um rather released i know they're getting it recorded because that's when i'm speaking to them i'm a rambly mess at the end of all podcasts and anyone who is new to the podcast can hear that at the start it's a little bit more together even though this intro was a bit more rambly than usual but you know at the end is normally where I kind of just ramble on into the microphone without cutting or editing anything and just kind of go well if people hate it and are getting bored of it then nothing else interesting is after this so you can just skip it there um anyway yeah so um I'll see what the other guests I've got coming on the show if they have a specific release schedule um the reason I'm releasing the Alton ones so soon after recording them because I only spoke to him on Thursday so a few days ago um is because he's got a kickstarter it's going to be live for a month or two so it's quite good to sort of get the word out at the time rather than just holding on to it and saving it to like the episode is until the like the game is out because that would be pointless whereas the beth crane one doesn't really have a time constraint on it either so apologies if anyone is hankering for that beth crane one the only thing i can suggest is to subscribe and then you'll see when it comes in eventually and you don't even have to listen to the rest of the episode so that's my plug for subscribing Anyway, aside from that, guys, there's not really much to add. Um, I haven't got a huge amount of episodes recorded, but as I've got two sets of two-parters, I'm sorted for a month. Um, but yeah, I've got quite a few things coming up. Um, with I've got one collaboration coming up at the end of the month as well with another member of the Brit Pod scene. Hopefully, I'm going to be on their show. They're going to be on uh, ours. Uh, ours, mine, it's ours, all of ours. You listeners and the guests and me, we all make the show together, even though I technically you know put all the effort in but i do appreciate everyone listening and obviously guests do put an effort to you know speak with me and organize these things and actually bear chatting with me for two hours but um yeah so that's pretty much it for the upcoming podcasts um just so you guys know um you know i keep keep track of me with instagram twitter and facebook facebook i post basically just episode snippets and the odd film review twitter i post random thoughts occasionally and use it quite a lot to share other people's work so it's quite a good place if you want to find some new podcasts to listen to follow on twitter instagram is much what i use much more for my own sort of 
social media like I don't I don't generally post on social media in my private life that much but you know I post episode snippets when there's episodes that are being released um only 30 second to a minute long snippets of uh, part one and part two of episodes so if you're a bit on the fence about listening to an episode you can check out a snippet see what you think see if mine or the guest's voice annoys you enough in the episode because if not you can download it um I put movie reviews on Instagram um I put where I've been recently like I went mini golfing uh, to a quite a cool little mini golf place I took a, photo, a few photos of that I went to Oxford last week I think I need to put those photos up from that I generally you know I movie reviews I go to the cinema quite frequently so and I watch quite new quite a few new movies uh, or speaking of movies actually there's um, a film out which is it's like the extremely wicked and incredibly vile or something it's basically uh zach efron playing the notorious serial killer ted bundy um and it's out in the cinema and things like that in the uk but i know it's also playing on sky cinema as well as now tv so if anyone wants to go sort of to the cinema and see that but they're a bit low on dollar then it's probably worth you know getting a now tv free trial subscription you can get for like 14 days i think for free and checking out that film obviously now tv is great i'm sure the film is going to be great um i haven't watched it yet i think i'm going to be watching it with megan tomorrow so you know if you're interested in that film and bit on the fence about it and you for some reason take my opinion over everyone else's when it comes to films then i'm sure i'll be putting up a review of that in the coming days um, i also normally try to recommend music on my instagram of all genres you know i've been listening to billy eilish i've been listening to melanie martinez but i've also been listening to band of skulls recently in kasabian but then i listened to like heavy stuff like i spoke about in this chat you know fever 333 and sort of other heavy bands like that um i, I generally listen to anything from pop music all the way down to like heavy metal and death metal like a lot of people say i listen to all genres when in reality they listen to like five that are in the pop charts being like acoustic r&b club and general pop music but i genuinely listen to relatively speaking every music genre yeah from nice and chill and light like billy eilish all the way down to like death metal and you know old bring me the horizon architects which are like metalcore things like that so if you have sort of maybe a sporadic uh quite varied music taste or if you only like one specific thing it's probably worth following me on instagram anyway just to see what i come out with um yeah this outro is very very long and it's already at the six minute mark and i'm sure a lot of people are like is he actually gonna say anything interesting no no i'm not so uh i'm gonna end it there on a high note while the sun is still shining and i can hopefully edit this put it together upload it and go eat some pork and chorizo burgers because i am hankering for those anyway guys as i always say i really really appreciate each and every one of you listening and if you spread this via word of mouth on any social media because you know the backlog has got such a wide variety of guests i've almost kind of hit every genre when it comes to interview guests you know fun ones and chatting ones of just silly nonsense with my friends ones about movies and music like this one uh ones that are a bit more structured with people who actually have like something specific to say so check out the show look at the back catalog um and if there's anything that really interests you you know hit me up talk i'm happy to talk to anyone about these things um but also spread it with your friends send it to people you know it's quite a small show at the moment i get a good amount of downloads and i'm happy with that and as i say i appreciate anyone listening but you know spreading the show more can't hurt you know for me so do that please <laughs> no pressure if you don't though i'm not going to track each and every one of you down except you harold i'm going to come to your house and find you i don't even know anyone called harold there may not even be anyone listening to the podcast called harold but if you are tweet at me because that'll be a right laugh anyway i am genuinely gonna win this now <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'll speak to all of you guys later on and thank you all very much for listening i hope you all have a great week